Hello, and welcome back to Fearless. Now, you might feel there's an empty space in the room, and that's because the chair isn't there, because this week I don't have a guest. We've got some guests coming up in the next few weeks from America, and this week is also the launch of my book, Fearless. So I thought it would be an opportune moment to take questions from you and answer questions around fearlessness and being fearless. In this series so far, I've spoken to some amazing people, some I knew vaguely and some I did not know at all. And I've learned so much. Emma Greed was phenomenal as an incredible CEO of Good American and a mother of four kids and so dynamic. And I remember that day when I was doing the podcast, I was feeling a little bit flat and she brought me up and she gave me energy and I left and I just felt reinvigorated. And getting to know Jo Malone, not from the persona that we all think about, which is a lot of us maybe still associated her with Jo Malone, but she spent more years doing Jo Loves than Jo Malone and just her journey now and seeing that shift in her. And I do learn new things all the time. And in my book, Fearless, which is out today, I do put in the importance of how can we still be learning? How can we not... Because I think if we stay fixed in our opinions, in our thoughts, in everything, and we don't change, our world can become smaller. And I think the more we have a sort of growth mindset and not a fixed mindset, things become limitless and we become fearless. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with some questions. And I don't know any of these questions. I've got my team behind a glass panel and I'm going to hear some questions, which you'll hear as well, or I'm going to read out some questions which I haven't heard yet. This one's from Emily. Hi, Trini. Just saw your Instagram post about a dilemma when it comes to feeling a bit frightened. Um, I am at a point where I would really love to like pursue a completely different type of career to the one that I'm in. And the thing that's holding me back is like a fear of, will I ever be as good at that different career as I am with the one that I'm in right now? which is, you know, got me a nice house, um, a comfortable lifestyle, a good work-life balance, but I just have no passion for it at all. And I see people doing things that I would like to do, but I just have this fear that I either wouldn't be good enough to do it, I would never get back to the place I'm at, or that I've just kind of like would have wasted my career up till now. So that's kind of what's holding me back Nothing you ever do is a waste. I believe that because everything that happens to you in your life is a learning curve. So listening to how you're talking about this, I feel that you have been successful at what you've done so far. You've afforded yourself a house and a car and what sounds like a lovely lifestyle. You have done that. So you have the ability to do that. But you've lost the passion. And passion is what gets us up in the morning. Because once we have those things, what is left is that passion. Now, what's interesting here is I don't think you know what you want to do, but you know you don't want to continue doing what you're doing. If you don't know what you want to do next, you've just got to think, like there's columns, I'm going to give you a few columns. So in one column, of this job you're bored with, what do you still enjoy about it? Do you enjoy brainstorming days? Do you enjoy your interaction with your colleagues? Do you enjoy trying to find solutions. What is it still that you enjoy that's just you, that you can take anywhere to any job? 
And what do you really not enjoy? Where have you lost? It might be the habit of what this company is and you just know every nook and cranny and you're bored with that. Or it might be that you're just in a very singular area of a career. And then think, what do you love doing? And then look at what you love doing and thinking, what job contains those things? Or do you want to start a business? I don't know if that could be something too. Have you thought ever of ideas where you kind of thought that there's a need for that, there's a need for that service, there's a need for that product? I don't know. These are very unanswered questions. But there is a reason why you've got this thought going round and round in your head. And the worst part is before you take action. As soon as you take that action and take that risk and know that you might be jumping off the cliff without knowing that there is a net to catch you. And I think that's what you've got to remember. I hope that helped. The next question is from Alana. Hi, Fearless. Hi, Trini. I just want to say I'm loving your new podcast and the content. Thank you, Alana. Lots of babbling insights and light bulb moments. My question is around fear and vulnerability. I've always struggled to let my guard down and be more human out of fear of getting hurt. Like so many people out there, my trust has been broken and every time this happens, my walls get bigger. What suggestions do you have around not fearing vulnerability? It's a really good question because I too have had times in my life where I've been very vulnerable and I feel it's been taken out of context or taken advantage of. And there's times when I've been very walls in front of me and I felt very detached from life. So I do believe that having an element in your personality of vulnerability allows other people to get to know you better. And sometimes it's about the people you choose to be vulnerable with and your judgment over whether those people will honour your vulnerability. If it's in a relationship, it can be tricky and I'm not a relationship counsellor. But I also know from experience being vulnerable to the right level allows other people to let their guard down and allows for far better human interaction. So the delicate balance between oversharing and just letting people know things that make them feel it's not just me, you know. It's, there's something very reassuring when somebody says something and you think, oh, I feel that too, thank God they said it, it's not just me. That kind of vulnerability I think is superb and should always be championed. So maybe just be a little bit selective who you're being vulnerable with. And if you get to a stage where you feel somebody has taken advantage of your vulnerability, to me, and I have to take this advice myself now, I do this kind of physical, you can't see me now, and I'll rattle as I do this, but it was like just physically push away that whatever the outcome might have been, where they were a bit negative or they criticised you as a result or you just didn't feel so safe, just push it physically, get your hand and just say, I don't need that near me and I don't need to think about it. The more you let it eat at you and the more you post-mortemise what happened and what you said and should you said that and should you not have said that, you'll get yourself with that horrible sort of angsty feeling inside your tummy and it's just about saying, okay, it happened. It happened, didn't work out wasn't the right person to be vulnerable with, I'm going to push it away. It's okay. Our next question comes from Sally. 
Inspired by hearing you and your guests speak about how they overcome or reframe their fears, I'm also interested in when paying attention to our fears is actually a positive thing to do. Can you think of a time when listening to your fear has enabled you to take care of yourself or avoid danger? Can fear itself ever be a positive motivator? That's such a good question. Fear, I think, can definitely be healthy. I mean, it's like it goes against the name of the podcast, but... Fear is sometimes there physically to stop us doing things we shouldn't do, like, you know, heights, spiders, all these kind of things are just those kind of fears. Some of them you want to overcome, for sure. But when I'm doing things that are scary, and I'm going to use the words a bit scary more than fear, I'm going to talk to people on a um, public stage. If I have no fear... I, I'll probably be fine doing it, but when I have that little bit of fear, it's like I'm challenging myself a little bit and I know what it takes for me to do this. So I'm feeling the fear and I'm doing it anyway, like that brilliant book that inspired Fearless as a podcast. So I do think that it can be a positive thing and I think it it gives us this benchmark by which to also see, you know, we do something and we do it again and again and has our fear gone down or gone up? And it makes us think we have progression too, measuring the level of fear we might have over something. So yes, I do think it can be a positive thing and it can be a good benchmark to see where we're at and a barometer of how we're progressing. Next one is from Bridget. I just launched my own business this week at 56. I'm facing the fear every day of having to be visible. It's actually terrifying but I haven't admitted that to anyone. First of all, congratulations. Fantastic that you're doing this at any age to launch a business, but obviously when you've already had an element of a full life, it's perhaps some might, people might say a bigger risk. So you're out there for yourself doing this. Now it sounds like in an area of your work, you have to be present, whether that's maybe selling your product or service, and sometimes you have to, when I'm being visible and there are days I don't want to be visible, it's just about thinking of the bigger picture. What is the bigger picture here? You're going to have a different bigger picture from my bigger picture. But on days when I'm feeling a bit vulnerable and I just don't want to do a podcast or go and see an investor, I have to just say, what's on that little, you might have a vision board or maybe you don't and maybe you put one up and look at the bigger picture. It's such a corny expression, but it stops you just seeing that exact thing right in front of you and think, why am I doing this? You know, I'm doing this because I want to help people with this service or this product because I want to have at some stage a bigger house. You know, there's going to be different things that motivate you. And you've got to remember the bigger picture stuff when you're having those moments. That's what I do. Fearless. Gosh, such a big word. My dilemma is that, um, like you, I have an only child who's 23 and he's been through uni and he's about to start work and you're on such a, an impetus, really, when they're going through education, I guess. And my point is now at 53, I need to go out and find another life. I'm sort of part caring for an elderly parent. So it's like my time again now, but I kind of don't know where to start and I think... I'm not the only one and um, I'm full of enthusiasm and a zest for life but it's sort of making your own way 
when you know that your child's about to make their own way as well. And when they've been your sole focus, everything's so intense with one child, isn't it? So anyway, that's my dilemma. How do you go back to having your own life and them not taking up every space in your world? Okay, thanks, Trini. Bye. It's funny, I can hear you're in a room with the clock ticking in the background. So many people listening will really identify with this. It is that moment in your life which so many of us go through. There's a few practical things I'm going to start with. One is, you know, do you need to earn a salary of a certain amount? Is that a part of this? Is it more that, I, th- I think it's just important, have you, are you living in a home that you sort of paid for and you do you have a mortgage? So there's that sort of obligation of what you need to earn. That's one thing. But if we look at it purely from, this is me, I've spent X number of years where my focus has been to be a homemaker and to be guiding my child to adulthood. Now it is your time. And it is that thing of what do you really want to do? And I didn't really know, even though I had quite a few careers, I sort of fell into them. And probably it wasn't until my 50s that I knew myself well enough to know what I really want to do. So you do know yourself quite well. And sometimes we can forget this. You know what irritates you. You know what you're amused by. You know what you're excited to learn about. You know what, when you read the newspaper, which articles you find exciting and motivating, which you don't. When you scroll through social, you know what you'll stop at and look at. Just over the next few weeks, write some of these down. You know, do you obsessively look at dog videos on Instagram? Do you love animals? Do you like chatting to people and making them feel but I don't I'm just pulling at anything here but you've got to fine-tune because this is a chance to actually go and do something that you love and maybe at 20 we do something to pay the rent to get out of our parents home whatever it is it's very different motivation so what do you love doing and how can you make that your next move so write those things down really know what you love And also know what you need in this moment. Like, do you like to be by yourself? Do you think you need people around you? Things like that that aren't classic, if I'm going to go and get a career, what should it be? Just the environment in which you want to be. Do you like to be outdoors and see sunlight a lot? You know, I think these things are important and these are decisions you can make in your 50s. Do you want to be stuck in an office all day with no windows? Do you want to be out walking the parks doing something? Important things that... It's a great position to be in. We can look at it both ways, but it is a great position. It's like the world's your oyster and the main thing is where are you going to start? So start by refining some of the things and write them down and do a little, you know, board above your kitchen, you know, of things you'd like in this next world that you're going to inhabit and it will come to you. And then also when you put it out there, and this is not woo-woo, no, sorry, but just when you put it out there for yourself, then the way you react to things during the day, it will fine-tune it because you'll be suddenly more interested in something over there and then that will draw you in and you'll fine-tune what it is. You're already starting just by actually having sent me a voice note because you're thinking about it and you just want a little bit more of guidance. So good luck, Rosie. That's my advice. I hope it helps. 
Jenny. I can't remember if I'm supposed to leave a message here saying fearless for your podcast or on the other one. But anyway, I thought um, I would leave a message to say that I probably have fears like everyone about getting older and not being supported, not really knowing how to plan for the future. I'm 61 now and I'm still working full time, which is obviously quite tiring. I follow you because I find you really inspiring and I do try to live in a fearless way and not make fear-based decisions and not, you know, be like a rabbit in the headlights. But obviously I have worries and concerns about the future. I did want to live in Italy, but Brexit kind of fucked that. Um, And I really worry sometimes that, you know, what will happen to me? And I'm sure a lot of people, older women, have that fear when we're not supported. And, you know, I was married, my addiction kind of put paid to that and then I've had two relationships which kind of didn't work out various reasons I've lost two properties I've lost a lot of stuff basically and I'm not great at money planning and and that's probably kind of common and um now I feel a bit I don't know I have a horrible feeling that I don't know I've got too many clothes to wear for the rest of my life does that make sense I just feel like mortal I suppose and that's a fear and I just love the way that you live your life and I like the fact that your book is called Fearless. I like to think of myself as being quite fearless but I have noticed fear creeping in. I I kind of find anxiety in my daily life doing things that caused me no problems before. Um, I remember seeing that in my mum and hoping that it didn't happen to me. So I kind of feel like I'm really on myself if you know what I mean. I'm looking at myself. I'm understanding but fear is such a bad thing and it is creeping in so I think it's really great that you shine a light on fearless living and thanks for that and I just thought I would leave you this message thank you bye hi Caroline what a message listening to it it brought up for me that sense of when we hear our age more and more and we judge it against and bring up our parents and what they were like at that age and how many more summers have we got left when we feel when we get into that zone I think things become more fearful what I do know listening to you is you've been through what sounds like a lot and you're a survivor and you've been through some tough times and you also know the premise of a day at a time so you've got it inside you and it's about what you tap into each day isn't it because you said some days you feel that fear rising up in you. And there is that sense. This is the really crucial thing here, is when we start to wake up and live our life regretting things we haven't done, that feeds fear so much. And it's really about how can we try to not do that? So you said this wistful thing, which of all those things I picked up, it's like, Your dream was to live in Italy, but Brexit fucked that over. And that really stood out for me because it sounds like that would be your really, really happy place and that's where you feel you find that nirvana. I do believe that if you, and I know we can feel physically more tired the further down the path we are, but I want to challenge you on this. I want you, as a little project, to wake up for the next few weeks and think, I'm 30, I want to live in Italy, how am I going to do it? I just want you to challenge that and just put all your focus 
into that as a concept. Just think, if that's what I really want to do and I pretend I'm 30, how would I do it? How would I go about it? Because the thing you want to bring to the table here is the energy of the motivation of the, yes, I can do it, because you're not defining yourself by age. And I think as soon as we start to define ourselves by age, we put boxes around what we're able to do. So good luck to you. And I hope you find your happy place in Italy. And I think you can do it. Don't have a name for this. And it's how do you deal with male dominance and intimidation in the workplace? This is m very challenging for many women still. It shouldn't be. And it is. And if you are in a position where you have a boss who is a man and therefore has more authority than you, perhaps, it's harder. But I also feel that we do live in an age where if you feel you're being intimidated, you can take it somewhere. Now, I don't know if you're in an environment where there is a talent department, HR, whatever you might like to call it, but it shouldn't be going on. And people shouldn't feel intimidation. It's a very strong word. I have experienced it in different ways because I've, I've worked for myself for many years and I have sometimes been in an environment like when I had investors and things and, and they'll be quite dominant and sometimes men who are quite dominant cannot deal with women who are quite strong. And I also think that when it gets to a stage where they're being what might be a bully, that bullies need to be confronted. I, I really believe it. So it's using language to state why you feel they might be dominating or intimidating. It's about language. It's that thing of, when you do this, I feel this. So think how many other people might feel this because I am quite a strong person you said that to somebody, you know. So you've got to own your strength when you confront. I hope that helps in some way. Hi, Trini. Thanks for the opportunity to contribute some thoughts to your Fearless podcast, which I'm loving. Um, one of my biggest fears is ageing, but not in the sense of physically looking and getting older. I see ageing as a privilege and I don't ever want to be in a state where I can't do the things that I want to do and achieve the things I want to achieve and see the things I want to see and go to places I want to go because of age. I just don't want age to be a barrier and so as I, I've just turned 41 and as I think ahead to the next 10, 20, 30, hopefully 40 years, I want to be the best version of myself physically that I can be but then another fear comes from that in that I'm not entirely present with my children all the time because I'm busy doing the doing and doing the day-to-day -day and all the things that women and mums and working women are trying to achieve day-to-day -day. it feels like it's almost a barrier you know it's that thing of can we have it all yes we can but not all at once and also by trying to have it all we're actually just doing it all so that's a fear of mine as well and lastly, a fear of mine is in relation to my career, which I would love to one day write a book and something that resonates with women um, and helps women. 
Um, and my biggest fear is being on my deathbed and never having written that book. I don't feel, obviously I don't expect these to go in the podcast, but. Well, Christina, they're in the podcast. And so where do I start? I start with how can we think early enough? I want to be in control of who I am to an extent. So that physical control of our bodies so we can facilitate anything we want to do. So what I hear from you is I don't want to feel incapacitated to do what I want to do by my age. And I think you don't have to be. I do believe there's some commitment to put in to it. So in terms of the aesthetic of our body, in terms of how our body functions, I think in terms of how our brain functions, it's feeding your body and your brain with things that will allow you to have a full, fantastic life until you drop down dead. So first thing is just being physically well. And every time that you want to go off on a crazy sugar rush or whatever, just think short-term gain, long-term tapping away. That's how I look at things. I am 18 years older than you, but that's how I look at things. So, And maybe I only actually started that in my 50s of that, how do I really look after my body and have that strength? You know, I do strength training three times a week. I do that. You know, it's nice I have a toned arm, but I want to be able to be physically strong. I want to be able to not have somebody say, let me help you out of the taxi, madam, etc. I want to be able to climb the, the mountain. I don't want to look up at it. You know, my father looked up at this mountain called the Creo in a village that I have a house in in France. And he would say, he was in his 70s when he started saying this, one day I'll climb that mountain. Not a huge mountain to climb. And he didn't. And when he died, my sister, brother and I climbed that mountain and we threw his ashes on the top of it out into the air. But I thought at that time, very strongly, he didn't do it. He said he would do it. And he never did it. So your book. Now, the joy of being a writer is you can pick up a pen anytime. You just have to have the passion of what you know you want to write and you'll find the time. And I know people who have written books in the busiest time in the life or they've taken a sabbatical and they've gone and written a book. That book is in you or not. But if you feel I have a book in me, then you you probably have a book in you because not everybody wakes up with that thought, I have a book in me. And you'll find the time. And I think you've got to maybe say to yourself, I'm 41 now, so by the time I'm 50, do I want to have started that journey? Just I would set yourself a time frame on this because I think that is important because you never know where that book career could go. It could be the beginning of a whole new career for you. So these are all things to think about. I hope that's been a help. Fearless podcast question, incompetence. I'm a woman in my mid-30s who has worked incredibly hard around three, soon to be four children, to be at the top of my game in my industry. And I've recently started my dream role in a new C-suite job for a FTSE 250. Yet my imposter syndrome has never been so strong. Based on one or two negative reactions to my engagement style and towards my age, gender and success in the past, I find myself second-guessing my approach more than ever. How do I overcome the emotional fearfulness that I have around this so that it doesn't overshadow what I know logically to be true? 
I'm a great leader of people and technically very good at what I do. Do you know how much I identify with this question? You, I mean, of all the things today, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground, but I, I have been there. I know that. And you're in a challenging role. And I could tell you all the stuff that you already know, which is they wouldn't have hired you unless you were brilliant. You're in a C-suite. You have a voice at the table. You know, I have, how do I say this without being indiscreet as well? I'm just going to share with you. But there are times when I might be with investors or with my board or with my C-suite, I'm just going to be candid, where I just want to get something across and I believe it really strongly and I know it to be true. I just say it. All right. And then there's other times when I believe in something strongly and I believe it to be true and I take the temperature in the room and I think about how I'm going to say it. And I know when I do the latter rather than the former, I will be heard more. And I know that I have sometimes a good management style and sometimes a shit one. And there's a big difference here between addressing what your strengths and weaknesses are and being fearful of a lack of confidence in something. I mean, look what you've done. You're your mid-30s. You've got four kids soon. You know, you're in the foot, so you're in a seat. I mean, look what you've done. It's amazing. So celebrate that. Celebrate yourself. Really go in the room. You know how these guys, like, you know, when they want to... <laughs> They sort of look in the mirror and go, oh, I'm brilliant. You remember, I don't know if you ever saw this show, Entourage, and those kind of like avi goals. The, you know, but that, there's that kind of bravado. I'm fucking amazing. And they look in the mirror and then they go out and they're like amazing. Men have to only think they're 50% good to kind of carry it off. We have to feel we're 110% good to carry it off. You are great. You're great. And you need to own it a bit more. Thank you to everyone who shared their stories today because by doing so, you are totally fearless. Please keep them coming. It's really great for us to just see also the reaction. And please tell your friends, follow, download the podcast. These all help us to get the podcast out there more. And thank you for listening. Have you ever wanted more of something? More energy, more clarity, more joy, even more self-belief. I know I have. I'm Trini Woodall, and in my new book, Fearless, I share life, beauty, and style advice that will give you the tools to feel your best and the confidence to find that more you deserve. Because when we fear less, we can be so much more. Fearless is out now in hardback, ebook, and audiobook.